Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on Manitoba's sunflower crop. Also, we'll hear from Anne Wasco with Gateway Livestock and get an update on the cattle markets. And up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Sue Clayton, the new director of the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Sue Clayton will be joining the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba as its new director next month. She comes to the U of M from her previous position as the executive director of agriculture in the classroom Manitoba, a role she's held for the past seven years. I'm really excited to to take over the the position of the director of School of Agriculture, the faculty. Um, I, as you may be aware, I used to work at the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences eight years ago before I, I moved to agriculture in the classroom. And I worked as their community liaison coordinator in student recruitment and marketing. And so I have some knowledge of the diploma program and the workings of the faculty. And it was always a position that I looked at and, and uh, I thought Michelle Rogalski did a fabulous job, but when I was th- working at the university and watching Michelle, I often thought, I think that's a job I would really like to have one day. So uh, I feel quite fortunate and, and blessed to be able to go back to uh, a work environment that I really loved um, a- after having the experience I've had being executive director at agriculture in the classroom. Yeah, I guess talk a bit more about that, you know, in this new position, just the mix of, you know, agriculture and education. Well, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting because I was a school trustee for a number of years in, in um, the city of, of Winnipeg as well. And so that, and my degrees in agriculture. And so that's always been my work experiences working in between the agriculture and the education sectors. Um, and so it's, it's really a nice combination for me. And I think that my skill set will really, um, will really help with the with the diploma program and the changes that they're looking at making or how they're moving towards the future. And, and you know, right now I'm working in that K to kindergarten to grade 12 sector for agriculture education. And so now it's going to be moving towards the post-secondary. And, you know, it's so interesting the work that agriculture in the classroom is doing right now with the careers sector, with really exploding the careers program. The University of Manitoba was already on my list of people to reach out to from an agriculture in the classroom perspective, you know, to to connect with, to talk about how we can partner together to make more students, Manitoba students aware of the tremendous careers in the ag sector and the value of having a um, post-secondary education uh, and all the careers, opportunities that exist in Manitoba and in Canada and the world in that area. And so it's just, it's moving my experience from ag education, the K to 12 back into that that post-secondary realm. Yeah, talk a bit more about that, just the opportunities that, um, you know, are going to be there for students who are attending uh, School of Agriculture. Well, I think that there's, I mean, as you know, Corey, there are so many opportunities for jobs and in the sector um, uh, that that's really an area that that companies that are in the, in the agriculture sector in Manitoba are really looking for more people. And they're looking for really you know, strong candidates to come into their businesses. And their businesses are rural and urban, right? They're all over the province. And it's really a challenge with the labor shortage in this area. 
So there are tremendous career opportunities. One in eight jobs in Canada are directly linked to agriculture. And in Manitoba, that number would be higher. So there are really incredible opportunities for students that are interested in working in technology, that are interested in working in the science side of the business or working with animals, working in the crop side with machinery, um, or coming from a, a farm and wanting to go back and, and work on the family farm, but needing to have that knowledge of, um, of how to do the farm business planning and you know run their operation uh, going into the next you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And that's what the School of Agriculture provides, that kind of knowledge and experience. It's very um, hands-on, uh, very hands-on type of program. The degree is more theoretical and the diploma program is more of that applied um, education. And so the students really have a hands-on experience. And when they finish their two-year program, they can either choose to, you know, many choose to go on and do a degree uh, in a shorter period of time. So have that diploma and the degree and employers love that, or they take their diploma and they turn that into a fabulous career with uh, an industry in Manitoba or by going and working on a farm or taking over a family farm. That was Sue Clayton, the new director of the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba. She'll start her new job October 17th. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The outlook for the province's soybean crop remains positive. Dennis Lang is with Manitoba Agriculture. Well, right now we're into the uh, late R6 to R7 growth stage right now. Um, we, we have had some good rainfalls uh, this summer and potential for the soybeans look, uh, look pretty good in most areas of the province. Lang also touched on the field pea harvest. We're starting to see um, peas come off and we're hearing some good numbers so far. Anywhere 50 to 60 in uh, bushel seems to be pretty common. And uh, then you get the other numbers that uh, maybe a little bit further north. Uh, we're in that 70 to 80 and, and maybe even a little higher than that. He notes the dry bean harvest is just getting underway. The Bank of Canada announced this week an increase to its policy interest rate of 75 basis points to 3.25% as it continues to address inflation. FCC Chief Economist J.P. Gervais talked about the impact on farmers. Well, higher interest expenses actually has an impact on margins. I think the good news is that the demand for what we grow is still very robust, both domestically as well as globally. Uh, we've had to deal with elevated input costs. Costs have been coming down a little bit now, uh, but so have commodity prices. I think margins remain positive for grains and oil seeds. I think that the fact that feed prices have declined a little bit brings a little bit of relief to livestock producers. So overall, margins are projected to be positive for the next for this, this coming marketing year. But uh, no doubt that higher interest expenses are going to be um, impacting margins and perhaps as well slowing the demand for farmland down the road. And Sue Clayton will be joining the School of Agriculture at the University of Manitoba as its new director next month. Clayton comes to the U of M from her previous position as the Executive Director of Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba, a role she held for the past seven years. Clayton succeeds Michelle Rogalski, who retired as director in June of this year. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, September 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Bossler will chat with Ann Wasco of Gateway Livestock. We've seen some improvement in the cattle markets. To find out more, Glenda Lee Allen Bossler talked with Ann Wasco 
a cattle market analyst with Gateway Livestock. And what are we seeing happening in the markets these days? Well, I think we've we've flipped into the second half of 2022 and, and markets have certainly turned the corner and are getting better. We talked so much earlier this year about a very disappointing cattle market here in especially in western Canada where prices were really lagging back from the US market and just largely because we had so many cattle placed on feed last year from from the drought from the 2021 drought. So we've turned the corner it feels like supplies are tightening, cattle feeders are getting more current. Our cattle on feed numbers uh, on August 1 were down 3% from last year. That's the first time we've seen on feed numbers drop below a year ago in well over a year. And I think when Canfax comes out with the report this Friday for September 1, it's going to uh, show that trend continuing. So we're certainly turning the corner, and so cattle prices are coming up. The Fed cattle market's kind of leading the way, um, averaging up over 180 last week, and that's the first time we've seen uh, that kind of an average price in, in Western Canada for fat cattle since 2015. And, and therefore then now feeder cattle and calf prices uh, also following suit too. What about the slaughter cow market? What are we seeing happening there? Slaughter cow market's been um, super strong this year, um, well above last year's prices again, that were so impacted by the drought and the bigger cow kill and cow marketings in 2021. But uh, so far this year, we've got, well, today the average, you'd call the average probably close to $40, 100 higher than last year. You know, it's still hovering in that, you know, 113 to 115 area on the, on the D2 average. And again, the highest uh, slaughter cow price we've seen for this time of year since 2015. Now, watching that market closely, we're, we're seeing still very dry conditions through, well, the entire half, western half of the U.S. and, and into the deep south plains. And so we've got a U.S. cow kill that's up 14%. But it hasn't impacted um, prices, certainly north of the border, uh, and their prices are still above a year ago, too. Again, just showing the demand for, um, especially for that lean trim or that hamburger beef that we talk about, has still been super strong here in 2022. Now, here we are into September. What are your thoughts heading into that fall run? Uh, A lot of producers out there evaluating the herd right now. Yeah, exactly. It was a quiet June and July for sales, but things have really started to pick up. Uh, August was busy, especially on the on the grass cattle market. And here in early September, things are really starting to rock and roll, especially on the internet and video sales that are offering you know sales you know delivery uh, down the road into the fall. So those prices are already showing you know forty to sixty dollars a hundred higher than last year. You know, both on on yearlings and calves, even more so. So uh, that's a really super good sign as we head into the run. Um, I think a couple of things right off the bat, we are seeing barley prices in southern Alberta, you know, kind of 15% lower at the same time last year. And uh, that'll be something we, we watch through the rest of the run. Remember last year we saw a record amount of corn imported uh, into western Canada from the U.S. And so this is looking like a, a considerably different scenario in terms of uh, at least there's feed in parts of Western Canada and that's going to be important. The other point is um, feeder cattle supply looks really tight. We've turned back to a net exporter of feeder cattle here in 2022. We're exporting more and importing less feeder cattle compared to last year and so that's really shoring up or, or helping to keep the feeder supply pretty much on, on the tight side as we, as we really round up to the ra- last half of this year. 
Now, you were talking there about the the feed prices. Uh, still, a lot of areas, extremely dry, dry conditions. Many, many producers saying they're still going to be looking for some feed. Absolutely. And so that's, that's one part of it. And then, of course, input prices or fuel prices, um, and, you know, freight to get, you know, feed moved around uh, is considerably higher than last year. So at the end of the day, um, even though we are looking at um, barley prices being a bit lower than what they were last year, we're still looking at overall input prices of sky high and, and really record record high levels. So that's going to be a challenge and, and obviously one of the limiting factors. You know, at least, as I said earlier, at least there is some feed in parts um, of the West uh, compared to last year where it really was a, was a, was a write-off. Um, but it still costs money to get this feed moved around. Stats Canada, of course, recently releasing their inventory report. Anything significant in there for the cattle industry that we should be taking away with us? I wouldn't say significant, um, Glenda Lee, other than the fact that this was the first report after their five-year census report that came out back in May, and it really just confirmed uh, the trend that we've seen over the last number of years that the Canadian cow herd continues to get smaller. And so bottom line, the total cattle number here in Canada, if you're kind of watching the big picture, down 3% from 2021, 12.3 million head. That's the smallest uh, cattle herd in Canada since 1988. And just looking at mother cow, beef cow numbers down 2% at uh, 3.7 million head. And the other one that kind of jumped out at me was Western Canadian beef replacement heifers down 7% from last year. And that's the smallest replacement herd since 2010. And if you think that through, uh, logically, that's going to basically be um, a lot locked in the fact that we're going to see a smaller cow herd again next year if our replacement heifers are down already. And is that basically just again because of the the dry conditions and, and feed concerns we had that producers had to look at, at uh, a harder cull, I guess? I think that would be a, a, leading, a leading cause, but of course it all goes back to the root problem that that has been a long-term problem for the Canadian cattle industry, and that's been lack of profitability. So, and that goes back long before you know the last year or two's droughts. So, you know, certainly um, the droughts have made it more difficult, and have you know maybe um, sped up the pace of the sell-off in, in parts of Western Canada. But at the at the end of the day, it all comes down to lack of profitability. Overall, final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with producers. Well, things we're going to be watching for, there's still lots of volatility out there. I mean, global issues continue to cause lots of volatility on day-to-day pricing, whether you're talking about energy prices or grain prices. So, I mean, it's not like it's smooth sailing. So lots of volatility ahead, unfortunately. Um, But we are looking at 2023 futures markets for cattle prices in Chicago as strong and uh, higher than we've seen in, in many years. So I think that gives some confidence as we head out, you know, into the fall run and on into 2023 that, um, you know, certainly the expectations are that cattle prices are going to firm some more as we head into next year. That's Ann Wasco, a cattle market analyst with Gateway Livestock. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee.
That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Knute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Double B Egg Fest takes place in Beaujolais, September 9th through to the 11th. The Canadian Wildlife Federation will be hosting a webinar entitled Wild Cultivation Traditional Plant Management Systems of Northwestern North America on September 27th, starting at 7 p.m. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. And looking ahead, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting the 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, we're joined by Jody Locke, Senior Originator for Schooler Winkler, to get an update on the province's sunflower crop. Right now, the crop is looking really good. Uh, the, the plants are nice and tall. They're standing straight. Uh, the heads have filled in. So they're, uh, they're losing their petals now. They're starting to uh, fill in nice. The seeds are starting to fill in. So everything right now looks really good. Um, we're pleased with how the crops are this year and, and uh, that they'll finish off really well. What did we see in terms of uh, acres this year? Um, black oils are up this year a little bit over last year confectionery or striped sunflowers are down a little bit. So it's, um, they're pretty much even. They've just flipped a little bit in terms of which type is planted this year. Well, has there been enough, uh, enough heat and moisture here this year? Yes, it's been a really good year for sunflowers this year. We've had moisture when we need it, uh, sometimes a little bit too much. But overall, the sunflowers have soaked that up and the heat has been great. So the, the plant has been filling in really nicely. Any issues with uh, head rot? Not yet. Um, at this point, we're not hearing any uh, any cases of disease or insect damage, anything like that, that would negatively impact the yields for this year. What's demand like for sunflowers right now? Demand is good. It's um, I would say it's not uh, quite what it was during the pandemic. We have definitely we're still at an increase over the pre-pandemic demand that we had, but it has come down a little bit. So with that. Um, the amount of black oils that we have planted right now, I think we'll, we'll have a good supply for the market. And uh, just looking at the forecast here, you know, things are, things are looking pretty good for the next week or so. Um, I guess just talk about um, the threat of frost. It doesn't look like we'll get, uh, get to that point yet. No, it's uh, so far, I would say if, if we're looking at something that could happen to the crop that would, you know, damage it, um, at this point, frost is the risk that we have. It's uh, things were planted a little bit later this year, so they are a little bit behind normal, maybe five to seven days at the most, I would say. But it definitely uh, frost is a concern, and we just want to make sure that the plants finish. So hopefully that uh, the weather holds and, and we can get this crop off and, and in time and, and in a way that we're hoping it yields from what we're seeing right now. Any other uh, thoughts on the uh, on the uh, sunflower crop this year? No, I just think it's it's looking really good, and and we're uh, we're extremely hopeful that the pounds will be there and the yields will be good for the farmers, and that uh, 
it'll be a successful growing year for them. That was Jody Locke with Schooler in Winkler giving us an update on the province's sunflower crop. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The demand for farmland could be slowed by this week's Bank of Canada interest rate increase. J.P. Gervais is Chief Economist with Farm Credit Canada. A lot of transactions in the farmland market that we're seeing right now are based off decisions that were even made prior to the rate increases that we've seen. Um, So we're not expecting to see that in the data just yet. But maybe down the road in 2023, we see a little bit of a weaker demand for farmland, fewer transactions, and that slows down a little bit the demand, which which has been very, very strong in in the last few years. And generally speaking, Manitoba's corn crop has reached the dense stage. Morgan Cott is an agronomist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. We've got enough moisture. I think that, you know, roots are as deep as they're going to get. They've been looking for the moisture and been finding it all season long. So I've seen a few fields that have a little bit of, you know, drought uh, symptoms, you know, on field edges or field entrances sort of. So you may be seeing that a little bit, but generally we have enough to finish the crop off. Cott says the corn crop is still about 10 days behind normal. She expects harvest to get underway mid-October. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.